1: Southernness Miss to the, to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. And good afternoon to everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson from the First Bank Studios here in Laurel and Hattiesburg. We're glad you're with us wherever you're tuned in this afternoon on a Super Talk affiliate or online, wherever. We're just glad that you're joining us for another hour of Sports Talk. Opening segment sponsored by Dickey's Barbecue Pit. Every time I do this commercial, I uh, get hungry. They cook delicious food seven days a week. Uh, Some of the best brisket you'll ever put in your mouth. All sorts of good food. They cook it seven days a week. You can uh, now dine in the dining rooms again. You can uh, take it through the drive through or they'll deliver that great food to your home. But we encourage you to support Dickie's Barbecue Pit as our local restaurants uh, try to get back to normal. Uh, you can help them do that by supporting them. Kelly Sander will be joining us uh, later in the hour, as he does these days. Uh, we're going to start the show off, though, with our friend uh, from Brandon, Al Holder, who normally, who normally would be our minor league baseball guy that we go to. Uh, every week or so during baseball season, and update what Southern Miss kids are doing in minor league baseball. But Alan, as you know, those kids aren't going to have a chance to play baseball this year, are they?
2: Not much. It's uh, it's it's pretty uh, a dearth of information out there for sure. The uh, I did find one interesting thing: Chucky Robinson is uh, still being paid by the Astros, uh-huh. so he is. I mean, he's not playing. But he's being paid. That means they—they they obviously want to keep him in the organization.
1: Right, right. Now you got two kids. Before we get to what's going to happen to the minor league kids, you got two kids: uh, Nick Sandlin, Cody Carroll, have been uh, named on the fifty-five man rosters of their respective teams. Uh, that's pretty. Uh, that's pretty good cachet to have a school the size of Southern Miss with two major league baseball pitchers.
2: No question. Uh, Baltimore is. Uh, uh, Seems seems to be really intrigued with Cody, and and because uh, cause he just keeps you know hanging in you know their situation all the time. I'm not I don't know if he makes the final thirty man roster when they start playing, but uh, uh, he's certainly got his chances.
0: Luke Johnson,
1: you got to like uh, two USM guys uh, pitching in the
0: bigs. Well, one of the things with Cody was his velocity shot up. I mean, here's the thing. Uh, you remember old John Rocker for the Braves? He was kind of like wild thing, uh, Charlie Sheen in Major League. You didn't know where it was going to go, but very few people can throw the ball that hard. And that's the thing with with Cody. I mean, when he started being able to pump the ball in there at ninety seven, ninety eight miles an hour, people will give you a chance. And the the very fact that he had a few he had a, a wipeout off speed pitch has allowed him to do it. I think he got hurt last year. Um some, but you when you look at what he did July thirty first, twenty eighteen, when he got the call to the show. So they like him. He's only twenty seven and he's a bigger dude too. So, you know, they see him as as a mid to late relief guy. Sandlin, on the other hand, um, I think the Indians feel like they have like a true wiffle ball pitcher. Like you never know how the ball is gonna move when it comes out of Nick's hand. And I I still feel like Nick will be a spot reliever. I mean uh, I feel like he will be a guy, He, he may be kind of like Cody, but his niche is going to be just keeping batters off. And I'm going old school Braves here, but you guys used to watch them too. Somebody like Greg McMichael, man, you bring him in in a spot in the seventh, he's going to get you an out. You leave him in there a few more innings. I think Nick Sandlin has that type of potential to be the first or second arm that gets called out of the Indians' bullpen. What do you say, Al?
2: Well, I, I, Greg McMichael, I don't know that he could bust a pane of glass because all he ever threw was, were uh, chainsaws. But you're you're exactly right when you've been looking at, you know, mid 90s, and all of a sudden you get a guy coming in and throwing 78, 82, uh, and it, his ball had some dip on it, and that was Cody's ball has some sink on it uh, as well. Uh, so you know you got a big old guy coming off the mound, that ball heading down downstairs at, at 97 miles an hour is uh, is pretty hard to hit. The uh, Sandlin, uh, I, you know, it's just gonna. Kind of, it's just going to. They got to figure out if they want him, like Luke was saying, in a spot situation. You know, to 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 bring in to slow everything back down again. But uh, Nick can also hit ninety two, ninety three miles an hour, and uh, the ball is just moving crazy uh, when it's coming in there. It's uh, he's an interesting kid.
1: Has there ever been anybody more fun to watch pitch than Nick Sandler? And the and the guy that I would bring up. Who was a closer many years ago was Colin Cargill. If you ask me, who were who are the two most enjoyable guys to watch pitch for the Golden Eagles? That would be my two, Al.
2: Yep, yep. That you, I think you hit it right on the right on the number there. Sandlin was I mean, he'd have kids backing out of the batter's box and a ball breaking back over the plate. It was just uh, <laughs> it was funny. It was a uh, it's like Hoyt Wilhelm out there, you know.
0: <laughs> I remember uh the I'll night. I'll tell you what. Go ahead, Luke. With, with Nick, he used to, you know, sometimes he would, uh, be out there on the mound and you felt like you were back in the 1930s. He would just have hitched his, uh, pant leg up to his knee, you striped socks, give him an oversized hat, and he would look the exact same. I mean, he looked the part. Of just a old school baseball player. And I, and especially when he would just mix it up, mix it up, mix it up. And just like Al said, when he would come three quarters at like 92 and freeze people with a fastball, I've never seen also, I, 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 I love to sit up in the press box when he pitched because from the way Pete Taylor is, if you're on the first or the third base side, you can't appreciate how much the ball moved. The ball would would start out, you know, over the the right-hander's inside shoulder and I mean the ball would end up, you know, 2 feet off the plate. And it's it's just pretty amazing how he could just run the ball left and right up and down. Never really seen anybody else at Southern Miss with that type of arsenal.
2: If you if you ever saw a film of some of the old guys like Walter Johnson, they they changed their arm angle on almost every pitch. You know they come straight over the top. The next thing you know, they're throwing down from almost submarine style. It, 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 and he's a lot like that. You just don't know what's coming next. You can't. Your eye has a, has a hard time picking the ball up when you're looking up here and it, the ball's coming out of down here. It's uh, it just it it's uh, he's a fascinating kid, no question about it.
1: And you guys think that style will work against the grown men in Major League
0: Baseball?
2: Yes, works works everywhere I've ever well, seen it. <laughs>
0: I mean, he he's not going to be a starter, okay? So it doesn't have to it doesn't have to work for four innings. I mean, the 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 type of his arsenal is you're only going to see it once a game. You may only see it in a four game series. You may only see it two innings out of a out of a you know thirty six inning uh, four game series. So that that's not the point. The point is, Sandlin's going to be a guy that could at least get. Two innings of work against six batters that have not seen him and won't see him for a couple more days. And keep and, and especially as a reliever, you know, you do give your best stuff. But here's the thing. If he's got three out pitches, he does not have to show uh game one. He didn't have to show those, those guys specifically if he's gonna face them in game two. He'd have to show all his cards. He can, he can throw uh he can throw a, a fastball that runs he can throw that three or four times mix in a changeup. he didn't have to show him a hook he didn't have to show him a sweep and slider he can bring that back on game two and then it's just like facing a brand new pitcher right,
1: al fair to say that we've never seen a kid come out of southern miss that went through the ranks of major league baseball to the big leagues this quickly
2: I can't think of anyone uh, and to follow up with what luke was talking about is uh, Nick will get a lot of ground balls. If he get. He, he, you're either going to whiff it, or you, you're going to be uh, uh, on top of it, and it's just going to be hitting the dirt, and uh, which is a good thing if you've got men on base and they've brought him in. So I mm-hmm. think he has a lot of uh, a, a, a lot of upside, and they know that. Right. He's he's uh, uh, those guys that are uh, that are working with him. They they understand the, his abilities, like like Luke was talking about.
1: Do so you guys a minute left? Do both of you guys think he would have he would have gotten up to the bigs uh, this year had things been normal.
2: I expected him to be up there last year, bit, but until he hurt his forearm.
1: Mm. Luke, how about you? You think he would have made the squad this year even without COVID?
0: It would have had to be a very 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 late call. I mean, it, it he got to double A quick. I'll give you that. But I tell you what, I mean, you've got to show something to, to get it. You know, and, and if if Cleveland would have tanked, yeah, maybe. Um, but he would I, – I just don't see him being that quick. I could be dead wrong. Next year, yeah, but he's got to show his arms healthy too. His, his arms got to hold up for a whole year. Right. Yep. Going to be fascinating to see, and uh, uh, so
1: uh, we'll, we'll look forward to that now. The news is not so good for a lot of USM kids. Uh, The Taylor Braley's of of the world and and great, great baseball players that were moving themselves up uh, through the minor leagues. And, of course, there's not going to be any minor league baseball. Al keeps up with the minor leagues uh, very closely and going to get his observation on just how big a setback is this to the career hopes of these kids uh, that will not be – given the opportunity to play baseball this spring. Also, later in the show, Kelly Santer will be talking about uh, – we've got some interesting stuff. College football news has uh, predicted Southern a uh, football season, should there be a season. You may be a little surprised by what they say. We'll talk about that as well as the Eagle Hour continues. southern miss to the, top. to the top you're tuned in
2: to the eagle hour
1: thanks for tuning in this afternoon this segment sponsored by campus bookmark campusbookmart.net hardy street right across from the southern miss campus or you can shop online at campusbookmartmart.net You'll find the biggest selection of Southern Miss apparel on the planet. Also want to thank DBAT and D1 Training Facilities for their new sponsorship of the Eagle Hour. We're talking baseball, so uh, time to mention DBAT. If you've got a kid in your household that's a baseball or softball player, they'll find expert, expert training uh, for their sports at DBAT. Athletes of every sport are invited to D1's training facility Uh, Got former college athletes there to train you in whatever sport uh, you aspire to, and uh, you will not find better facilities anywhere in the country than right here in Hattiesburg now at D-Bat and D-1 on Hardy Street in the Old Getty's Pizza Building. We're talking to Al Holder, our minor league baseball correspondent. All right, Al, so great, you know, great times for Cody Carroll and uh, Nick Sandlin, but I I can't help but think about kids like Kirk McCarty, Chucky, who you mentioned, uh, Taylor Braley. There's, there's so many of them, uh, J.C. Keyes, all these kids, uh, dozens of them really, are uh, from Southern Miss baseball working their way through the minor leagues. And here comes COVID-19, and among the many things it's ruined uh, is the minor league baseball season. So no minor leagues for these kids this year. And. You know, from a standpoint of a a young man trying to prove himself and move up the ranks, how big a setback do you think this is?
2: Oh, it's huge. It's, uh, you know, the the way you get better in baseball is through coaching and repetition, and part of the repetition is live baseball. You can go into batting cages. You can can throw baseball up against the wall. You can do all kinds of things, but uh, until you get on the field, uh, it's just a – you you can't improve, and uh, it's a, it's a difficult uh, difficult situation for these kids. Kirk McCarty's coaching. Uh, did you know that in the deep south no. collegiate league? Yeah. Is that right? And, yep. Yep. And uh, Taylor Braley got cut by the Marlins mm-hmm. a, a week ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting on Matt Walner. Uh, he, he's they still got him in a what they call a still developing top prospect list and. They're they're going to try and have live baseball in some fashion or form there uh, up at uh, Minnesota. Right,
1: and, uh, and now Wal, Walter's a great kid to talk about because yeah. obviously he, home run king here, yeah. superstar yeah. here. Uh, I think had a pretty good start to minor league, uh, but boy, he, uh, you know, he was a kid that really had seemed to have a path, and now that path is uh, is very clouded.
2: Yep, it it the the, the thing about Walter was he was. I mean he I don't know if you remember when he pitched early on when he was a freshman, but he he was just lights out. He just but he just basically had one pitch. He had big fastball. But uh so he's got a lot of opportunities in a lot of ways, but he had more pop in his bat than I've seen in a long time. The uh uh the, talking about pop in a bat, uh, I I'm not unconvinced that Taylor is not gonna come back as a position player.
1: Well, he had a lot of pop in his bat, that's for he sure. He sure did, yeah. Yeah, no question. Well, you know, I, I read last night where uh, the Washington Nationals have paused their training. Uh, they've just stopped because of uh, of COVID-19. Guys, are we 100% sure, Luke, I'll throw this at you, are we 100% sure we're going to see professional baseball?
0: Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I'm convinced of it, unless uh, COVID destroys it like everything else. But, I mean, you know, as far as the most – what's sad is, the most important part is done. (laughs) The money, the negotiation, the agreement, that's done, you know? Mm -hmm.
1: Right, right. This will be a season, though, will it not, uh, Al, if it's played with a big asterisk beside whoever wins the world championship?
2: Oh, huge asterisk. Yeah. Uh, uh, As a matter of fact, you mentioned the Nationals. They will petition that the season really uh, be moot, and uh, that uh, the asterisk is moved to the bottom of the page somewhere where no one can find it and so that everybody can remember what they did last year. Because, you know, if they were to go this year, uh, they, they wouldn't even make the playoffs because they didn't get hot until the second half of the season last
1: year. Right. Yeah. And uh, we can't talk about Major League Baseball and Southern Miss without talking about Brian Dozier. Al, I'm going to ask you this. We haven't asked this question on the air He's had a great career, and he's a great guy. He's a really wonderful young man. Uh, is his baseball career over?
2: No. The uh, I don't know. I I can't put a finger on what's going on, but Brian he may have decided not to even play this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't, you know, because of the virus and so on and so forth. And you know, he's got a a, a family now with kids. Uh, and children and I just think that uh, he may have decided not to do it right now. I don't mm-hmm. know what what his uh, future holds, but you're absolutely right. You you could not meet a more engaging person, uh, just unassuming, humble, just a terrific guy. And uh, I I predict he's going to coach somewhere at some point in time. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether it'll be professionally or collegiately, but he's going to coach, and uh, he's he's got that kind of demeanor and. And he certainly brings a wealth of knowledge. Uh, but he's going to play again. He has uh, he has too much pop in his bat not to find a place. And uh, mm-hmm. I don't know where it is. I always thought Miami might be a good place for him. But uh, San Diego, he may end up back in San Diego. They've been moving players around uh, out there, so who knows? Mm-hmm.
0: We did, I'm, no, no question. I'm reading Great specifically guy. that that he that he opted out, Bob. That's the Is reason that, right? that he didn't make the Padres. Yet. I got you. Okay. And, I mean, what he's only it? he's only 33. He hit 20 home runs last year. You're looking at uh, what? How many years ago was it? Uh, three or four? Where he hit the most home run? I mean, he's he's yeah. Yeah, broke a record. Four years ago, he hit 34. Yeah, he broke the record for most uh, home runs for a National League second baseman. I mean, for a guy that brings it in, I I guess I'm I'm a Cubs fan, but I keep bringing up. Braves players. He's Dan Ugla, dude. That's what he is. He's going to hit 240, and he's going to hit 20 or 25 home runs. And he's going to give you, if you keep him in the lineup, he's going to hit 70 to 80 RBIs, possibly. And the most important thing about Brian Dozier, to what you talk about, he is not a clubhouse liability. And what people don't know a lot about him is He's bilingual. He speaks Spanish, and so specifically, he has been a he does. And this is really good. That's why clubhouse clubhouses love him because he can help those guys that because language is a barrier. Sometimes they might not feel as as part of the team. Man, he builds bridges, and it's just pretty amazing. That may be his greatest strength as a baseball player. What he does off the field,
1: I will never forget the night uh, Al Holder watching the All Star game and. Frustrated that Brian wasn't playing, but lo and behold, they bring him in, and what does he do? He Bang. comes in and pitch hits and hits a home run. It was really one of, one of the highlights of the year in sports.
2: Yep. Yeah, I, 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 I've always thought Brian was an above-average fielder uh, and uh, a, an adequate hitter, but he just, uh, it's like Luke said, he brings so many intangibles uh, to, the, to the ballpark. And his attitude—have you ever seen him with a, you know, a, a funky attitude? I, no. You know, whether he's on, whether he's over there in, in on the bench or whether he's out on the field, he just has a great attitude and uh, makes every, every once in a while, just makes a spectacular play at second. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, he's uh,
1: he's got quite a highlight reel now. There's yep, quite a highlight does. reel for Brian Dozier, and you know, as Al and, and Luca both said, uh, we've we've had the pleasure of meeting him. Uh, on a number of occasions, and you'll just never meet a more humble, uh, nice guy in your life uh, than Brian Dozier, and uh, we'll always, uh, always be big fans of uh, Brian Dozier. All right, Al. So what? Are the, so what are these kids we were talking about? What do the What do the Kirk McCartys and the Chucky Robinsons? What do they do this year?
2: Uh, they you, you find a, pl- a, a place to stay involved, and it's like uh, Kirk staying in- involved by. My coaching, I don't know what, whether he's playing or not, and I don't know how that plays into their contracts about what they can and can't do that uh, with that. Uh, I've, I've tried to find Luke Reynolds, and I I can't find a thing on him. Uh, and I told you earlier, I, I think it's really interesting that Chucky Robinson's still being paid by the Astros. Mm-hmm. I just have this feeling in the back of my mind that they have him uh, on their uh, MLB roster at some point in time. You know, they, there's, they use catchers in a lot of places up there. Uh, they use them. They, they carry two on the bench. you got one of the, uh, uh, in the bullpen. And so there, there's just a lot of work for, for catchers. And as long as you can keep your batting average in the, you know, the low to mid-200s, uh, you're going to play baseball if you're a catcher.
1: Uh, Kirk McCarty coaching. Uh, real quickly, Luke, I, if he's a pitching coach, my concern would be that when he goes to the mound to talk to a pitcher, he never stops talking.
0: He never stops talking, and you know, you know how you take the ball out of the uh, the the reliever's hand. Uh He may just take it and stay on the mound and send the other guy back to the bullpen.
1: He's certainly one of the great personalities uh, that's come out of this.
0: Leaving the mound, no one's on the mound, and Kurt will still be running his mouth. That's the way (laughs) it is. All right, Al, we appreciate you very much, man, and uh,
1: hopefully we'll get some baseball going here started. We can talk more with you about.
2: I want to watch the Braves and uh, the New York Mets from last August
1: tonight. (laughs) You enjoy yourself. (laughs) Al Holder, everybody, from Brandon, Mississippi. We appreciate Al's contribution to the Eagle Hour. All right, how is Southern Miss going to do if there is a college football season? Well, college football news is predicting a pretty good year. We'll go over that with you. Talk about all the other things swirling around the world of sports with Kelly Santer, when the Eagle Hour continues on Supertalk Mississippi. And miss to the top.
0: Appreciate Al Holder joining us in those first two segments, talking some minor league baseball, and uh, just uh, in the commercial break, a good friend of ours texted us: Luke Reynolds, the reason that Al can't find anything about him, and I didn't even what even aware of this. Luke Reynolds calling it a career uh, happened uh, a little over a month ago, and so uh, we wish him all the best in his. Future Endeavors, great uh, hitter for Southern Miss, Luke Reynolds, uh, moving on from baseball. But anyway, appreciate Al coming on uh, for uh, joining us in those first two segments. Third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by 4th Street Bar & Grill, a proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour located on 4th Street in Hattiesburg. You missed a hamburger steak, mashed potatoes, green Mm. beans, Toast and a drink for eight ninety five today. Mm. Uh, you can go get tomorrow's entree, and you can check out their Facebook to see what it is. But the sandwich of the week is a fried oyster po' boy. Oh, my comes God. with fries for only ten ninety five. Go see our friends at Four Street Bar and Grill. Luke and Bob from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel Kelly Sander joins us. Kelly, how is a wet Tuesday for you?
3: Hanging in there, guys. It's um, you know, I'm, I'm sad to hear the news about Luke Reynolds, but I know we're going to get into the meat and potatoes of our discussion today. But but really, we don't know what's going to happen with a lot of these uh, other sports going forward. But there is no doubt that the game of baseball has been, in my opinion, more greatly affected than any other sport, particularly when it comes into its feeder programs. In this case, minor leagues. You've got there's, there's a guy like Luke Reynolds who was a terrific player and under the old way of doing things you know when you had your rookie leagues and worked your way up through single a double a triple a and whatnot you know could have um, who knows how, how quickly he could have advanced in something like that but because baseball now has been completely reworked you know and Matthew Gidry comes to mind too these, these are guys that, that could have potentially had futures but because of all this and the uncertainty of what lies ahead they had to make decisions, you know, as to getting on with life or throwing away, you know, and I, well, they didn't throw it away, but I mean, this, this this virus has robbed those guys in particular of what they always dreamed about, and that was potentially playing professional baseball, and now that's all been taken from them, you know, and, it's just and really that's, tragic. that's
0: tough, and I didn't yeah. play professional. I went through rookie camp with the Lions. But I remember after the 05 season, the 06 season came around, and we, we opened up uh, at Florida, and I went down there and was on the sidelines for the game. Pretty cool. Got to see Tim Tubo's first collegiate touchdown. I, I was I was fine that week because I was still there, you know. But I remember the next week when it was a home game against somebody, and I didn't even want to leave the house i didn't want to go down there i didn't want to be on campus because for the first time in five years of my life i wasn't going to be a part of it and that is what the fan base sometimes doesn't see so you know any southern miss gap, uh, fan out there if you see some of the people that used to cheer for in in public they could be in out last year they could be out you know for 10 years you you just stop and, and thank them for what they did for, for your alma mater. And I think that's one of the reasons, Bob, you and I love talking to these former athletes, to let them know how much we appreciate them. Because letting go of something, like particularly with Luke, I mean, he's has playing, been playing baseball. If he's 24, 25 years old, he's been playing baseball for 22 years. And that just becomes synonymous with who you are, and it's hard to let go. Right. But, but, the what,
3: question. but what's particularly relevant about that, though, is this was the decision – that they didn't make on their own necessarily. Right. They were kind of forced into this corner because of this virus and the way baseball has been reshaped. You know, it's it's not a matter of just saying, "Look, I, you know, I, I can't play anymore." These guys were, you know, just getting ready to do you know great things, maybe at the pro level, but now there isn't any pro level. There isn't any entry level pro level. Right. If that makes sense, right? And uh, so it's been taken from them something that they dreamed about their whole lives. It's just really
0: sad.
1: No question. All right, well, let's talk about something happy. Let, let's just let's all imagine here for a few minutes that there will be a college football season. I know that's a stretch. I get it, but but let's just imagine for a minute that there will be Well, according to college news, uh, college football news publication, pretty well-respected publication, they guys say if there is a college football season that the Golden Eagles are going to have a good year and I'm going to run down what their predictions are per game. I'm going to divide it into threes, and then I'm going to get your input from both of you guys. According to College Football News, the Golden Eagles will win their opening three games against South Alabama, Louisiana Tech, and Jackson State. Do you see it that way, Kelly Sander?
3: Yeah, why not? I mean, La Tech might, might be the only tough one just because we always have really good games with them. But, man, it'd be great. That would be a really good start.
0: Can you see a 3-0 start, Luke? I like Kelly's. It. Why not? I mean, why not? Let's go beat <laughs> Auburn on the plains. Why not? Let's go 13-0 and let's win it all. I love it. Yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. i
1: right. tell
0: you what. Go I'll ahead. tell you what. If we lose the first one, guys, it's going to hurt us on the recruiting trail. It's going to hurt us. With the, uh, limited crowds that you, you gotta go one and oh, okay. If you, if you go, if you go oh and one, if you lose to South Alabama, you may not have a winning football season, but I definitely think I like the fact I've said this before. I like the fact Louisiana Tech is week two because guess what? As a player and a coach, you got to have your junk together because the the road to winning the West, a big hurdle of that is week two. I certainly see if the offense can run the football three and zero is is a very probable story. All right,
1: College football news says the Golden Eagles go three and zero, and then they lose two of their next three games. They lose to Auburn, they beat North Texas, and they lose
0: to Florida Atlantic. Luke Johnson, I, I the Auburn loss that's going to happen. Strangely, I could see us winning on the road at North Texas and losing at home to Florida Atlantic. Uh, What do you say, Kelly?
1: They lose two out of three to Auburn, North Texas, and Florida Atlantic.
3: Uh, No, I think I think the only one they lose there is the Auburn game.
1: All right, so Kelly likes the Golden Eagles being five and one, right? Why not, Kelly? Let's do
3: it. um, We're only we're only getting better. You know, and and we handled North Texas pretty easily last year, and Fine is gone, um, and the Owls are they, they've got a they're under a new regime, right? Mm-hmm. So I mean, um, at which nobody's really gotten to practice or get anything much installed because of all this mess. So mm-hmm. I would think the advantage would have to go to the Eagles.
1: All right. Well, College Football News says the Golden Eagles will be five and two after six games. Kelly says they will be what six and one after. Uh, their seven first seven. Games. Okay, all right. Then the next three games, they're predicting three straight wins: wins over Liberty, wins over Rice, and wins over Kelly's second favorite team, UTEP. Kelly, I'll let you start with the miners. But why?
3: That's you know, thank God for UTEP. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Other than that, other than that dust storm little problem, but
0: yeah, a, of of course. Let's we'll go, Kelly. Let's that. go there and let's steal some of those trophies out of that case. I'm sorry, there's none <laughs> I, I, in there.
3: I'm not opening that thing again. It was mm. too, too much trouble last time. Uh. Um, the, the flames are kind. The flames are kind of a um, an enigma to me because they're they're kind of like a Brigham Young team. You know, they got a lot of older athletes and um, which can sometimes be problematic and and. You got the guy heading the show there, you know, Mister Former Ole Miss.
1: Right, uh, that's right. Yeah,
3: that that might be an interesting game, but yeah. the other two won't be
1: any trouble at all. Uh, you like three wins there, Luke? UTEP, Liberty, Rice.
0: I, so, where I would say the the hard the second hardest stretch, I don't think we're going to win at Liberty. I just don't. I just don't see it. And to be honest, we will probably drop the Western Kentucky game too. They beat us twenty-eight to ten at home last year.
1: Yeah, we're not there you're, yet. You're, uh, we're at UTEP yeah, Liberty, Rise. Yeah, but you don't like that's, you that's don't like I'm the saying. Liberty road trip. I tend to think you're I don't right like about the Liberty that. road trip. I, I think, think we're two. Right. I
0: think we're two and one in that. Okay, right. I, I misunderstood. I think we're two and one through that. All right, and then a College
1: Football News says the Golden Eagles lose two of their last three games. They lose to Western Kentucky. They beat Texas San Antonio, and they lose to UAB Kelly Center.
3: No, we'll beat UAB. Mm-hmm. We'll beat UAB, uh, and and we'll beat UTSA. Who was the other one?
1: Western Kentucky.
3: Oh yeah, yeah. Western Kentucky, probably not. But I, I think the Eagles may, maybe lose three games.
1: All right. So college football news has them eight and four. Kelly Center has them nine and three.
3: Yeah, I do.
1: And Luke, I think you're
0: more around the eight four guy, right? Uh, I'm probably a seven and five guy, as cynical as I can be. Sometimes, it, it, here's the thing: you were too good on offense last year to go seven and six. You you lose a couple of key pieces, you gain a couple of key pieces. It's still Jack Abrahams. I think on defense, you might be a shade better this year, veteran wise. So, again, it comes down to can you run the football? If you run the football, you can win nine games. If you can't run the football, you're going to lose five. As for the record, Kelly Santer is nine and three on the year. Luke
1: Johnson and I both vote seven and five. Let's just hope there's a season that we can talk about this later in the year, guys, right?
3: Indeed.
2: Right. Sure.
1: All right, we're going to wrap things up. Last segment of the Eagle Hour coming up next. (laughs) For the Eagle Hour, the Eagle Hour, Southern Miss to the top.
0: Fourth segment of Eagle Hour brought to you every day by Toyota of Hattiesburg, located on Highway 98 in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, and online, toyotahattiesburg.com. When looking for a new vehicle, go see our friends at Toyota of Hattiesburg, proud sponsor, of the Eagle Hour. Luke and Bob from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. Appreciate First Bank being our studio sponsor. Any financial needs you have, go see them out on Highway 98, the Perfect Ten out there. Daniel Stewart, our good friends. First Bank been with the Eagle Hour from the very beginning. Guys, uh, some uh, exciting news today on Twitter for Southern Miss football. Josh Perry, who is who has played his collegiate career at the University of Memphis Transferring to Southern Miss, announcing this morning on Twitter at 9.15. Uh, Perry, a linebacker, 6'2", 200 pounds, originally from Amit, Louisiana. Uh, played uh, in in 27 games, started 17 for uh, the Memphis Tigers, started 17 out of the last 18. Uh, over 100 tackles in his career uh, as a 3.0 student. And uh, so, Southern Miss, uh, getting uh, looks like he'll be a, a redshirt senior. So, graduate transfer uh, probably for Southern Miss. Josh Perry, the newest Southern Miss football Golden Eagle. Hmm. Well, that's always good news. You can't have too many good defensive players, right, Kelly?
3: No, and it's always good that you got you got guys that want to come home, you know, because Amy's not very far at all from Hattiesburg. Right. Um, a little hop, skip, and a jump there from Poplarville and then on up to to Hattiesburg, so yeah, it's always good. If somebody wants to come here instead of leave here. I, I saw where where the head football Bruce Arians, the head football coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who is the new sexy pick for everybody to jump on this year. If there's a NFL season with all their their personnel changes, but but he was quoted this morning as saying that he would not be surprised if every single player in the NFL. Get sick from COVID by the time the season is over.
1: And this is clearly a fact, though. Football is so much different than baseball, and we talked a little bit about this off air. You can kind of see how you could play baseball, you know, because guys are not running into each other consistently. They're generally speaking spread apart, you know, right in right. the game. Uh, the the two sports that I I just think present the greatest danger are basketball because obviously there's a lot of body contact there, and, and clearly football. I mean, just clearly football. But basketball, not far behind, Kelly. I mean, there's a lot of close contact uh, in the game of basketball.
3: No, and as we mentioned yesterday on the show, you know, some leagues are talking about condensing their season and not even, not even starting basketball, or at least games, until after the first of the year. Um, and, and Luke made a very good point. Well, what if nothing's better at the first of the year? Well, then you've got to cross that bridge.
0: When you come to it, you know. um, What's What's wild though is that last night at eight. This is uh, broke on I think a Kentucky. Yes, a Kentucky SB Nation site. Brian Fisher of College Football Talk reported that NCAA leaders NCAA leaders right now are having preliminary discussions on the men's basketball season actually beginning earlier because of the winter break, because like Southern Miss and most universities, they're starting a week early. They're not coming back after Thanksgiving. They're sending everybody home at Thanksgiving. They're not really going to have any break up until then. So the NCAA is initially talking right now about moving basketball up and giving basketball a possible winter break.
3: Hmm. See, I don't, I don't think that will work until these numbers start to flatten out. Right. You know, you're, you're playing right into the, right into the hand of the enemy, so to speak, there.
1: Okay. Tomorrow's tomorrow's a big day in determining I'm, I'm this I think guys because tomorrow's when the Ivy League is supposed to uh, to make its announcement and from what we can gather in the conversations that, that we've had I, I know the gentleman we interviewed yesterday said that that the Division 2 league that he coaches in going to probably take their cues from the Ivy League uh will the Ivy League be the pace setter here Kelly and determining uh what the other leagues are actually going to do
3: It just makes it easier to decide the same thing if somebody jumps into the water first. You know, so it might be, it might be where a lot of other leagues wanted to do it, but they just, for whatever reason, don't want to be the ones to, to make that decision first. But if somebody else does it, then it's, it seems to be more acceptable, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and there's less bounce back.
0: A tip, a tip of the hand for what might come tomorrow, Bob. Last night, Harvard acknowledged or Harvard announced that their entire 20 to 21 academic year will be online. Not a penny less than the $49,653 it takes for one year of undergraduate tuition. But that, I think that's very important because here's the thing, dude. If the Ivy League, the Ivy League can do what they want to, they're going to be the intellectual elites anyway. Here's the thing. Everybody could basically be saying, all right, the Ivy League did it. All right, we'll throw them under the bus and follow their lead. At the same token, though, I I see schools, particularly with basketball, waiting and starting in the spring, I think everybody could just look at Major League Baseball's model and say, "Hey, let's get conference play done. Let's do home and home, and then let's just get uh, you know to conference tournament so that we can actually have a tournament." Uh, non-conference, I-, I think the best solution right now, whether it's high school or whatever, is just going to be play the games you have to play, get as as much revenue as you can, but don't just blow it out and play every game that was supposed to be on the schedule. What are the
1: when are Sounds things reasonable. getting back to normal, Kelly Santer? What, what was that Bob? I'm When sorry. are things getting back to normal? They're not. They're not? Hmm. No, no,
3: we just we're just gonna have to things are changing.
1: Well, well on that note <laughs> that optimistic note. Let's say yeah. we'll be back tomorrow at one o'clock and until then Southern Miss To, to the, the top time keeps on slipping
0: seven, seven into the future.
1: Fly like an eagle to the sea. Fly like an eagle let my spirit carry me. I want to fly
3: like
1: an eagle to a free. I want to show
0: a Super Talk
1: Mississippi yeah. Media Production.